0: Hello and welcome back to another new episode of the Somewhat Damaged Podcast. I'm your host Greg Alpern and with me as always is John B. Today we welcome our guest Jason Collins. You know him from his hit podcast The Lion's Den which he hosts with Brent Morin. He's an LA-based stand-up comedian and an all-around fun guy. Sit back, relax and give it a laugh.
1: out there um august i'll be in new york august 16th to the 23rd oh cool where i'm gonna be doing i got some shows at new york comedy club i believe i'm doing some there and also oh i'm doing gotham the 20th and 21st with with brent moore
0: oh that's cool yeah
1: it should be uh should be good
0: yeah it's um it's heating up now hopefully it hopefully some of this this uh, infection rate doesn't fuck shit up out here,
1: man. It's it's crazy. Like that the whole I'm gonna sink my chair down. The whole Delta thing, and uh, I just don't understand. Did you get vaccinated? Yeah, of course. Yeah, same. Noise.
2: No way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is that the anti vaxxer of the group?
2: No, I got it. I got. It. I, I I make a little bit of money, so I got it back in 2019, guys.
1: <laughs> Ooh, bragging
0: yeah, john got a different type of vaccine that he thinks is covering him but uh yeah no john got he got vaxxed of course
1: um well, i'm fully vaccinated i don't understand the whole issue with people that that i get i get people that aren't getting it if they have like a uh, if they have a medical condition that it, that, it that it's scary
0: sure
1: that it affect or hurt them but when their only reason is like oh no man i don't trust it i'm yeah. like Okay, Doc.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's amazing how many people failed fucking bio in high school and all of a sudden are experts on Facebook. Right. It's exactly. like,
1: shut up. Yeah.
2: It's like it is scary though. I mean, the Delta variant had has affected one of the comedians in New York City that we work with. And you know it's 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 jarring because you know we waited so long to get this vaccine, and then you can find out that being vaccinated and take and you know being careful because this comic is fairly careful, and they get it like it's 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 scary. Uh I mean, the story is you got it. I, I ended up in the hospital for a week. Oh shit.
1: First time in my life, I'm 50 years old. First time in my entire life, I had to be rushed to the hospital in an ambulance. Wow. That was expensive. 50 grand. Oh, My wife had to call 911. What happened was, my story is so weird. It attacked my spine. I got My back went out. Now, my back has gone out plenty of times. I, I used to teach, I taught martial arts for like 35 years before I did stand up. And... I had, I had back issues, and, and if ever my back went out, it was like, well, I guess we're going to take the day off, and then the next day, I'd be fine. So that day, my back went out at around, I don't know, one thirty in the afternoon, but it was like just like a little pinch, like, ooh, which is something I'm used to. Throughout the day, it's getting worse and worse and worse. By 3.30 a.m., I am completely incapacitated. I cannot move. The spasms were so painful that i would pass out wow Pain. and i told my wife i says look if somebody tried breaking in the house right now there's literally nothing i can do i'm useless right now so we called nine one one. the paramedics came they <laughs> they put me on a stretcher and got me to the hospital it was so funny at one point i'm in the i'm in my front yard on a stretcher and i can't move and i look at the paramedic and i'm like you know it's 3 30 in the morning i said no one's out here right the kid's such a nice kid goes no 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 nobody nobody knows you're good and then we get to the hospital and my wife goes fucking everybody was out there right. <laughs> 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 the kid was just being nice so didn't want me to panic but yeah I get to the hospital i was waiting on a covid test cuz i i Brent Moore and i did uh, the comedy club of Kansas City and the flight home they packed us on the plane like sardines it was insane and i'm like this is where we get it. So I took a COVID test and I was waiting for the results when that happened. And I got the results, the email result while I was in the ER, that it was positive. Right at the same time, the hospital gave me a test and said it was positive. So it was, so then I was in the hospital for a week. I, uh, my, my other symptoms were pretty mild. Like there was one, night where my, my oxygen levels were pretty scary, but I got got over it pretty quick, but the doctor was like, "Yo, as soon as you can get up and walk on your own, you can go home." And that took about five days. Did wow. they ever figure out why, like how it attacked your spine? They said it just this thing is so unpredictable, and it sometimes it'll attack your weak, the weakest part of your body. And I guess my lower back is one of my weak points. And I hadn't been, you know, throughout the pandemic, I hadn't been working out. I wasn't going to the gym. I wasn't doing anything. I was just getting soft.
0: Hmm. Maybe that explains why I haven't been able to get hard since I got it in December. <laughs> the weakest spot of my body. Also 50, by the way.
1: <laughs> so. I would love that if you said, that explains why I can't get hard since I got it 15 years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I just I
2: got... Stop thinking about Greg's dick. Fuck.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, John. I know you're in the car with your mom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I got it I got it in, in December, like or like at the end of December. Yeah. And also very odd circumstances, not like that. I, I didn't wind up in the hospital. I, I had pretty minor symptoms, but I I I still can't figure out really where I may have gotten it because I went to Florida for a week with really? my sixteen year old son, right? So obviously I got it in Florida. But I was in an area of Florida with a very low infection rate and was incredibly careful and was with my son shared the car unmasked our house unmasked you know probably shared a bag of potato chips together all of that stuff and i we took a test the morning we were leaving florida i was negative he was negative got home next morning woke up and i'm like i feel a little weird that night i got really bad chills i'm like oh shit like this is probably covid next day took a test Got the results later that day, positive. My son, who I was with for seven days, same room, everything, never got it, has consistently tested negative. My wife, who I I slept in our bed two nights, never got it. My younger son, who I probably had five minutes of communication with, who was not on vacation with me, caught it from me. (laughs) Crazy.
1: My wife got it, but neither one of my kids got it.
0: Yeah. It's insane. So it's, yeah, yeah it's wild. It, it, it's, it's totally unpredictable. So like when I got it, the doctors were like, Oh, your, your whole house is going to get it. So just buckle yeah. down for two weeks.
1: Yeah, Her and I lived on opposite sides of the house for the first week. Cause we had to isolate. First you isolate, then you quarantine. Yeah. We isolated and then we quarantined and then we both got a negative test. And, um, how'd
0: your kids not get it? How'd, how'd you take care of your kids? Well, my, <laughs> my, my oh,
1: they're older older, yeah, my youngest is doesn't live here. My youngest has a place in downtown. He's 26 years old, and my but my oldest, who's 31, he moved back home for a little bit. And he, but he's, I mean, it's it's like he's not even here. You know, he's a, right. he's got a job and he's got a career going on, but he's you know trying to save some money. But so we he just he just made it a point to just not be around us at all. He just kept his distance, and I mean, we're disinfecting everything. I'm literally living in my bedroom. I, I'm, I'm mating for food and, and, uh, just, just isolating. And he, yeah. he, he got through it. He survived it. But yeah, Brent, Brent got it on that same trip. Wow. The kid, Will Burkhart that, um, very funny comic, but he also produces our, our podcast. He got it. So yeah, it was a nice little, uh, super spreader that I caused. yeah <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was the plane because we kept, we kept having our ribs checked back at the club. No one at the club, Either they were lying, but they're like, We have no issues over here with this. so and we were social distancing, no greet no meet
2: and greet, nothing like that after the show. So yeah, it was the plane. I mean it's our teams, they had a- Oh we're scummy people. We there was definitely an infection that happened over there. We just don't want to tell you guys about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it oh, yeah. dollar, I mean, money's money, guys, you know, great money was still green <laughs> during the pandemic. That's right. <laughs> I gotta make our we gotta make our money. <laughs> exactly, but it's weird like how what uh, LA's doing I mean, like listen I just saw a store uh, they shut down on Tuesday which was yeah. crazy which you know I was was, was very surprised and then um, yeah I mean just being back to the mask mandates I mean how do you feel about masks in comedy clubs I mean are you able to hear the laughter as, as yeah. well but I they, mean
1: right now what they're doing is you, you gotta wear your mask to get up and go to the restroom and move around but they're when they're sitting at the tables, they're, they're taking them off because they're drinking and eating. Right. right. So they have them off and, uh, it's so, so far, most of the show, I did a show last night in Long Beach, California. That was, nobody was wearing masks. They all wore them walking in the door, but once they were at their seat, none of the comedians were, and you know, we're all at the bar together, but, um, yeah, it's just, that hasn't seemed to be, be a, the problem was when the, the room was half full or like a third full or whatever. Mm-hmm. When I, the first, my first set back in the original uh, at the comedy store when things started opening up was very strange. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever been in that room. Sure. But they had the, um, they had the, it, they had tables and chairs spread out so far, and they took a bunch of chairs. It was like, it was not good. It was a, like doing a really bad bar show. Really. There, yeah.
0: And how how long did they hold that capacity? That was for a couple, like for the first month or so, right?
1: Like for the first month and then when everything what was it? What was the date that they got the June 15th date when everything? Yeah. Then it was just every show. I mean, every show was sold out days and weeks in advance. It's insane. I didn't even realize what they were charging for tickets until I looked today. Unbelievable what they're charging for tickets at the comedy store.
0: What are they charging now?
1: Between seventy-seven dollars and $150.
0: For one ticket to come into the any of the rooms?
1: It might be that was the original room I was looking at. It might be that they're selling cuz I know some clubs instead of selling individual tickets they're selling, selling tickets. Tables, right. right they're selling a table. So but man and it, and they're selling out. They they are selling every show out. Like they had to the shows that they canceled on Tuesdays that they had to close down for were already sold out a week or so in advance.
0: Right. When, when is, are they opening back up tonight?
1: What is today? Wednesday, I think so. I think they're open tonight.
0: And what was that what was that for just to reconfigure the room?
1: I don't know. I think maybe to, yeah, maybe they just to reconfigure the room, and also I think a plan of action on how they're gonna, because you know they got they the, the traffic of people coming in. Yeah, they have to all set up, and they, they, I think they have them coming around the back parking
2: lot and in through the back door and stuff. It's just yeah. Really? And I mean, they were when, when it was outside. I mean, I was I was watching shows behind the behind the bar pretty much, and then that screen that was projecting in the back over there. You could see the delay of the laughter was, I mean, that was, that was quite exciting.
1: I did a set in the OR before they reopened when they were, we were doing shows through that window. You know, the window that faces that front bar. Yeah. Weird, man. They had, they had the patio mic'd so you can hear them, but it just was weird. People, it was almost like we were just an afterthought. People were just on the bar hanging out and going, oh, that guy's talking to us through the window. (laughs) Yeah.
2: There was a five-second delay, too. Yeah. I mean, from there. So, like, you would hear the laughter sometimes at the front bar. And then, I mean, most of the time it was just, like, everybody was hanging out, commenting on it. But, but then, like, you would hear the laughter five seconds later. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. But, I mean... I don't know. I I, I I'm excited uh, that things are opening, but there's got to be this cautious optimism that we have to have at this point. I mean, are you are you gonna? I mean, with the Delta variant and like, I mean, has anybody canceled yet? I mean, is that is that a thing yet? I'm on, on a road? show
1: where I'm on a show tonight where one of the comedians canceled. The lineup wow. because a comic said I'm not coming. What show? I can't even... It's at some... Um, it's some bar show. I can't remember. Anthony
2: Jeslik is such a pussy. <laughs> yeah. He just it
1: out. But, uh, I'm doing that. But uh, there's a show here in LA you guys probably heard about, that Supernova comedy. Sure. Yeah. They canceled a show last week. Oh, shit. When, when the mask... Man, the day the mask mandate got reinstated, they had to cancel a show, which their shows are always full. Totally. Yeah. They had to cancel due to lack of ticket sales. People were just pissed oh. because they were like, I don't want to fucking wear a mask. We were just told that we didn't have to. And now, but we're, we're back on Thursday.
0: Are you, how, how are those shows? This, I mean, obviously, you know, we know those guys. And um, I mean, those shows look amazing. And from what they constructed outside, it seems kind of crazy. But h- how is it doing those shows?
1: It's a lot of fun. They they figured out the, the sound is really good. And, and that's a hard thing to dial in, especially on an outdoor show with no ceiling. Yeah. And they've, they 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 have figured it out. They got some good they got some good people backing them as far as uh, the venue and the guys I don't know if you know who the Houston brothers are. They yep. have a bunch. Of, mm-hmm. It's some brothers property and it's yeah. it, I think those guys are helping out because they figured the sound out. It's really good. It looks great. They have a they have a photographer there that's so you can get some really great pictures. It feels like the way they have it set up with the screens and the stars and everything, it kind of feels like you're shooting a special in the round. Right got a really cool vibe it's a round stage there's people all around you uh, on certain sides of the stage it's only one row of seats it's not like it's just it's not like you know Madison Square Garden but yeah it's you know on either side it goes back but it's a it's a fun show I mean the lineups are, is, have been amazing and fun but uh yeah, has been looking oh,
2: good over there. I mean, there has been—I mean—a lot of, uh, you know, there, there has been some uh, outcry about not enough female co- comedians on there. Um, um, and if there are female. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I know the improv got into a little trouble as well, and I don't want to. I mean, listen, uh, I work we working in the comedy industry. Cancelations happen and things like that. Yeah. I mean, is that town getting so woke now, or is it just people just kind of drumming up any kind of drama that they want? I
1: tell you The most the most woke people in this town are all the white people. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to be the ones. That <laughs> more than anybody they, and you know, hold on, I got a big truck going by. I hope it doesn't bother you, but um they have been there's everyone is so afraid of being labeled a sexist or a racist and stuff like that. So they're being extra careful and I'm going to admit I'm getting way less spots at the clubs than I've ever gotten in my life being a 50 year old man. And I understand why they're doing it, but I personally think they're going about it the wrong way because at the end of the day, I don't think the audience cares Yeah. I really don't. I think the audience pays to see a funny comedy show. Totally. I I don't think that everybody's going... I don't think audience members are like, you know what? That was a really good show, but not enough women on it. I don't... I don't think... I think they just... First of all, the lineups are posted before the show, and they're selling out. So, I don't know. There is a... There are a lot of... Man, there's a lot of female comics here in LA that we have a thing in L.A., I don't know if you guys got it in New York, where there's this whole new uh, class of hot girls that are now doing yep. Oh, yeah. And boy, I tell you, a lot of them are working their asses off. A lot of them. A lot of them, in my opinion, are being extremely, uh, what's the, entitled. Sure. I need to be booked because I'm a girl. Not because I'm funny. But because I'm a girl, I need to be booked. And that I don't like. But that's not everybody. And by the way, Nikki Glazier is always on Supernova. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, um, Eliza Lara is always on Supernova. I mean, we have, and, and the thing is, a lot of people don't realize it's a numbers thing. There's more men doing it than women. Right. It's not about the only want, but we, it's not that we, We booked a bunch of guys, but we're only booking one girl. It's not, it's, there's only, it's a numbers thing. First of all, the lineup is always fire. I believe that that you should earn a spot on that show by becoming really good. People are now getting booked for all these other check boxes way before Are You Funny? Right. And back in our days, you had to, I mean, it was a struggle. And they talk about this struggle and they're not booking me because I'm a female comic. You've been doing it for two years. Yeah. (laughs) You've been doing it for two years. I was doing it for two years. It was a struggle to get on shows. Yeah. I mean, I could, I remember, I mean, I'm a paid regular at all the clubs. I remember when Jamie Masada wouldn't let me watch a show unless I bought a ticket. You know? But it wasn't. But you had to earn it. You had to, I tell everybody, if you are, unde- be undeniable, if you're undeniable, they got to book you and they're going to. Totally.
0: Plus now there's, a. I mean, you know, with the outdoor shows and the clubs all open, there's a lot of
1: shows <laughs> around. A lot. I can't tell you how many times, and I'm not trying to harp on the women and stuff, but I can't tell you how many times I've heard these, this, their, I'm not going to name them, but I've, I've saw an example whining about not getting on the show. I'm not on this show because I'm a woman. Gets on the show and bombs. <laughs> bombs. Bombs yeah. away. But it's like, but you know, a lot of people are delusional and they don't even know what they're bombing. Right. It's like a lot of people love to throw, I crushed. It. People throw that around way too damn much. Dude, I crushed last night. Did you? <laughs> you know, did you? Nah. <laughs> huh. Yeah, it is
0: true. I, I, that's a pet peeve of mine too. And regardless what it is, like someone says that, I'm like, you know, you gotta kind of let your, you know, your your job do the talking, right? Like let someone else say you crushed it, as opposed to you tell them that you crushed it. Because, you know, I, I typically say like, listen, if, if you have to tell someone how tough you are, you're probably not tough.
1: Yes. But am fighting in and that's a thing. You didn't just tell people you were tough; you had to show them you were totally.
2: You One of my favorites is, uh, is sometimes like a comedian will call on stage and be like, I crushed. And then another comedian will be like, you didn't crush. You just guessed that those two people were dating for 10 years. Right. And the fucking audience went wild. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. I remember thinking I did a great job and then I'm, then I did and I'm like, oh, that's what that is. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, this isn't crushing. Yeah. yeah. That's not uh,
2: yeah. If, the, if you're getting flapped there, that's not working. But you know what? You know somebody who's always who I always like will absolutely like do extremely well at the cellar, and I'll see see them come off stage, and he'll be like, "I oh, was like, a, they just I, I just didn't have him." And I'm like, "Are you serious? David Tell is like that every single set. It's the okay. weirdest thing, and I don't know what it is about. Maybe he's just I I think he's just being humble, or or he's just fucking with everybody. But holy shit."
1: Like, I, mean, I, never it, I believe a lot of it isn't just the humble thing. I believe he really thinks it because when you really, because a lot of people are doing this for a bunch of other reasons. Like if you're getting into com- comedy to become famous, get out of comedy. If you're, be- you know what I mean? Like if that's your goal, I need to be famous and you're, you, you, you go make, go, sh- go shit on YouTube. Go, go <laughs> make a video of yourself shitting and you'll become famous. That's not a reason to be in stand. And the thing is with the tell, he's like he's like the, he's like a true comic, and he takes it so seriously, and he has so much respect for it that I do. I've had those shows where I've gone on stage. and I'm like, God, what the fuck was I doing? And my buddies are like, What are you talking about? That's great. And yeah. I'm I don't say it out loud, but in my head, I'm thinking, Well, if you think that's great, then you know, <laughs> you got some work to do because right. I want to keep getting better. You know. I mean, so, so what? I got a standing ovation.
0: <laughs> so what? <laughs> so well, one thing I'm, I am curious about is, like you, you know, you got started in comedy, you know, at a la- you know, late later stage of your life, right? And
1: thirty five years
2: old,
0: right? So, I mean, you've been doing it now fifteen years, which is a good chunk of of your life.
2: Just based off your age, I would never fuck you. <laughs> so woke dude.
0: Um, so like and you know I read the story behind it. Um what I mean what really like like at 35 was like I'm going to now go jump on stage and see this comedy thing shakes out.
1: There's a reason why I waited. That feeling of I need to do this was I had it at a very young age. 1920 21 years old however I had children at that young age right started raising kids when I was you know 20 wow and um, my father was in the entertainment industry my dad had a hit single in 1970 and he toured and he was gone a lot and he told me he's like don't miss anything don't miss any of it you know he missed a lot like he the day after I was born he went on tour for three months and Wow, you're Frankie Valley. Jesus, oh, yeah. yeah, how'd you know? Uh, <laughs> that's where I get the falsetto from. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, he it. You know, it was the typical Hollywood LA story. It was a one hit wonder. They they toured around, and, and then the band, all everybody in the band wanted to be a leader, so they all broke up. Right. Uh, my uncle my uncle ended up going on and to become the bass player for Loggins and Messina and oh wow it was my dad and two of my uncles and another guy but um so he was gone a lot so he told me don't miss anything so at 21 years old with kids i uh, i had to put food on the table and i didn't want to miss anything so i opened a i opened a martial arts school i opened my first martial arts school when i was 21 years old and i did that tiger Showmans. i know it well <laughs> and i did that for the next whatever 20 years I started doing stand-up when the boys were um, let's see 11 and 16 years old Wow figured I saw the steps I had to coach the little League I'm now I could start doing this and they they're, they they in honestly that was still too early I, I had issues with the boys them telling me I was gone a lot you know that, but still that's one of the reasons I started while I was late but because I started so late I like just Bogarted my way into the business. I didn't do... I've never done an open mic ever. Wow. And um, I lied my way into comedy. I basically BS'd my way into comedy. I've been doing stand-up for 15 years. I've been friends with Joe Coy and Russell Peters for a little over 20 years. I've been friends with those guys for a long time. So I had friends that were very successful comedians. those
0: those guys are comics?
1: Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Uh, I'm not familiar. familiar. Uh, Yeah, these guys, they kind of... And so wait, so, you're,
2: so you're blowing those guys to get spots. What's that?
1: I didn't hear you. So you're
2: blowing these guys to get spots. 100%. percent blowing, them, blowing them. them to get spots. But okay, I'm talking, I'm talking. I'm talking Peppermill.
1: <laughs> 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 I need to get spots. Dude. Um, no, but oh, so my. Joe told me once, he's like, go to the Haha ha Cafe and start doing their open mic. And in my head, I'm like, fucking open mic. I, I'm... 35 years old. And by the way, just watch, my dad just passed away. So now I'm questioning my mortality and how long I'm going to live and all that stuff. I don't have time for anything. So I go to the ha, ha cafe. I ask for the owner of the club. This is how I thought it worked. <laughs> like, Can I speak to the owner, please? You know, he's like, what do, you, what do you want? I go, hi, my name is Jason Collins. I'm a comedian. Uh, Joe Coy. Told, and I also, and I, the night before I was having dinner with Joe Coy, Fraser Smith and John Lovitz. Wow. Well. So those were the names I dropped. I said, Those guys told me to come here. This is a great club that, I sh- that you should. I said that you guys should put me up.
2: Oh, God. Yeah, no, you did it.
1: He says, he says, Joe, told you that? I go, Yeah. He goes, How long have you been doing this? I go, Five years. I've never done it. <laughs> he said, Come back tomorrow. You're on the show. And, oh,
2: shit.
1: And the show was a freaking Friday night show, eight o'clock show. I get there. There are. They go, you're going third, and you're doing 15 minutes. Whoa. Ooh. Never done comedy before. <laughs> fuck, I'm teaching large groups of people every day. I'm, I know how to run. I know how to keep the attention of a large group of people, and I taught with humor. But I'm like, boy, this is – oh, boy, this is different. So my first time going up, I went up, I, and I just kind of winged it. I just – I didn't write anything, and uh, I just had some fun, and I talked about my life and my wife and my kids did fine. I get off stage and the guy goes, "Come back tomorrow. You're on the show tomorrow." And I've been doing, doing it ever since.
0: That's amazing. That really is an amazing story. And uh, I mean,
2: re- as a precursor to all of our listeners. Don't pull this bullshit with yeah, any is- other.
1: Club. <laughs> I tell everybody, don't do this. This is my story <laughs> and only mine. <laughs> don't do this.
0: It, it's funny. I mean, I can relate to that story very well for a, a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I, I also grew up with a father in the entertainment and sports world, so I kind of know that you know growing up thing. Uh, but I started a music magazine basically out of the same type of bullshit kind of story, right? Mm-hmm. So this is going back 20 years also. I wanted to go to a concert and a, and it was a, one of these radio, you know, you got to win them on the radio kind of bullshit shows. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like, forget that. So a friend was like, Oh, I happen to know the publicist at blank, you know, you need to call them and make up some story. So I called up this publicist and said, Hey, I have a music magazine and I'd like to cover the show. And you know, there's obviously a make it shorter. And he was like, okay, so uh, there's two tickets for you. Go, you know, go to the show and cover it and write about it. And I'm like, holy shit, that was easy. So I go to the show and then the next day I'm like, I better start that fucking music magazine.
1: (laughs) You know what else? It's funny because back then I'm lucky that social media didn't exist. Oh, totally. You know, it would have been for them to just look me up and go, this guy's not anybody.
0: <laughs> oh, 100%. Like there was, it was an online, I had, you know, it was an online magazine and it, it actually, what I said existed, existed, but it was not a magazine. It was just a website that I had started like a week before. Right. right with my with for my father who also passed right around the same time and i'm like all right i'll use that as the basis for this bullshit story thinking they would probably not check it which they didn't and then the next day i start i literally went wrote a whole i never wrote anything before in my life i went and wrote this review of the show posted it and i had a music magazine for almost 10 years out of that
1: who was the band
0: nine inch nails nine.
1: Holy oh, shit. that's amazing I love it. I love stories like that.
0: And then I saw Trent on a flight like two years ago from Burbank to Vegas. And I'm like, oh, I got it. It was a very small plane. I'm like, all right, I got to go tell him this story. And we got off the plane. I walked up to him while he was waiting for a bag. And I told him this story. He couldn't have cared any less. <laughs> like, I was obviously bothering him. He was like, I don't care. You know, I'm an old, you know, I'm 50 years old. I, he doesn't give a shit.
1: Oh man, can you grab that Samsonite over there for me? <laughs>
0: I know. Right. Can you get my bag? I thought that's what you were bringing over here.
2: <laughs> so do you want me to send your tits or what? I don't know.
0: You <laughs> <laughs> should have asked him that. Anyway, <laughs> Anyway, I was watching a bunch of your clips and I went down like crazy, crazy black hole just watching your clips online. And there's two in particular that, I I mean, everyone that travels a lot and I travel a lot, we're we're traveling a lot for work. Every week I'm on a plane in an airport, whatever. Your bit on people in airports has gone through my mind every single time I've been in the airport the last 10 years.
1: Believable, and the thing is i like uh um people don't understand it this isn't something that i sat at a coffee shop and thought about would be funny that's not how i write anyways i write on stage right. this is all because i'm in the airport going what the fuck is wrong with all these people
2: <laughs> Talk about
1: it, Night on, stage. it's unbelievable i've had a lot of like lower level comics go oh you're doing airline material i'm like it's not airline material it's jason collins material yeah because well. i opened my bit about how i'm just an angry dad anyways and then it goes into everything that i do but like when you're at the airport and the guy in the line in front of you doesn't move when the guy in front of him moves right you want to punch him in the back of the head immediately it,
0: you, you have no idea how many times i'll be standing in the line at the fucking airport and that guy is just not moving and i want to just kick his fucking down.
1: that's the crazy part i, I actually do it brent morin Talks about it on stage because if he goes on after me, he's like that stuff that he's saying is not a lie, and he tells a story about me poking this guy in the back to get him to move. <laughs> I literally went like this, move. <laughs> <laughs> I look back like he's gonna fight me, but then he just, he's just an angry dad. And he's like, oh, okay, oh, it, it's. I mean, I, I do. You I think
2: the Capitol. We're gonna. I'm gonna let this one slide.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do. You know. I mean, they. You know. They say your your comedy is. You know. Um, observational, which yes, it's observational, but at the same time, you know, I think that that's what makes it so f- hysterically funny to people. Cause every, every, you can relate to every single thing. Like there's something in people in, in your bits and your, your comedy that everybody can relate to. If it's not the airline thing, it's about embarrassing their kid, you know, whatever it is, like you all can relate to something there. And I mean, I just went down this deep black hole and I was, if thankfully nobody was in my house when I was watching it, cause they would definitely have called Someone to take me to
2: <laughs> That's great.
0: But it was awesome. Yeah, John, you should you should check. I'll send you this clip. You will you I
2: definitely will definitely want to check it out. Like I mean, I'm, we're excited because you're actually you're gonna be in town too, right? August
1: Twenty third I'll be there.
2: Sick. And you'll be you'll be doing Gotham and then you're doing some spots over at uh New York Comedy Club. We'd love it to stop up the stand up New York as well while you're in town. Definitely I can see some shit. I yes. mean it's uh, well. how's uh how do you like um I mean are you, you've always been a west coast guy your, your entire life or I grew up I was born
1: and raised out here I was I mean I'm so LA <laughs> I was born in Santa Monica and then but what? I was yeah they
2: have a hospital
1: out there they have a it's uh, St. John's Hospital to the Stars baby um <laughs> <laughs> but I was raised in Long Beach I was raised down here in Long Beach my moved out of Hollywood when I was about my family moved us out of Hollywood when we were I think 6 years old we moved down to Long Beach and I've been and I was raised in Long Beach for the rest of my life down here, which is only like a half hour south of Hollywood, you know? Yeah.
2: Do you feel that there's anything? Do you feel like, I mean, do you, do you want to be in New York? Is there a bit of you that's like, you know, the kids are older now? Like, let me do the New York grind, you know? Let me hit seven, eight spots a night and just, you, you, know,
1: you know, what I fear do. about that because every time I'm in New York, I get tons of spots. But I have this feeling of they're giving me those spots because I'm from out of town and if i move there is it going to become a thing now where i'm like uh oh i'm just a new york guy now and i'm just battling for spots like everybody else sure. what do you think
2: i mean essentially there is a little bit because the one thing is perspective it is the one great thing is that when i started um at setup new york it was you know i was watching and listen i still am. i am i'm i'm shocked to be amongst these amazingly funny people who i've seen on netflix and comedy central but the one thing after a year that i realized is that there's a certain tone that all new york comics have right. and one of the first people that kind of broke me out of it was a guy that you probably know grant cotter oh I and, love him. grant's a buddy yeah, grant is such a great dude and there's a different perspective that – and it's almost a laid-back uh, style that you feel. Um, and, you know, it's funny. Somebody said to me, he's like, yeah, it doesn't sound too jewy. And I was like, that's not it. That's not it. But it <laughs> is a different perspective, and it's it's nice to kind of break that monotony, um, you know, amongst your New York comics that are, you know, a little bit more self-deprecating. That, you know, have a little bit and – I'm going to say it – have a little bit more confidence – and it's not a confidence, but they say, uh, they're a little bit more full of themselves on stage, and, and you can hear it. Um, and it yeah. works well. My,
1: experience, my very first experience doing stand up in New York was, I mean, it was years ago. Remember the, the Ha right off yep. Times Square?
2: Yep. That wonderful place. Um, <laughs> it's it's, it's now the called, the, uh, the, there's another one that's LOLs now. Is it the same place? It's a different place, but it's, a very, it's the same exact perspective. People are barking you in that are homeless, that are you know trying to just get five bucks. I did stand up there, and I'm
1: watching the show before I go up. And it was whatever. And the audience was like, hey. Yeah. I was the only comedian on the show that night to take the mic out of the mics down and move around the stage. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because it, it's so fucking cold there and everybody just. <laughs> you know what I mean? But and and the audience seemed to just kind of light up, yeah. Like it's a different vibe. But now I don't even think of it like that, like as how comics done. This is how comics done here. This is how it's done here. I just do me wherever I'm at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm in the South, whether I'm in Canada, whether I'm overseas, and I've done comedy. I've done comedy in Africa. I've done comedy in Dubai. I've done it in the Middle East. I've done. I've done comedy in India, and I've never adjusted to it because. Mm-hmm. I'm, the way I look at it is like, they asked me to do this for a reason, right. <laughs> you know? But yeah, when I was in New York, there was a, f- a little while there where I was a little bit like, are these guys going to hate me? And then I just didn't did be did on stage, and it was great. And, and I was offered spots, and it was
2: awesome. Some people don't <laughs> translate. It doesn't translate with some people, but there is, it's like, if body. you've got it in LA, if there's something there, and maybe it is that California laid-back vibe that, you know, only people that you know, are born and bred on the, uh, you know, from uh, from L.A. kind of have that it translates so well. But there are, but, but you know, I mean, like, yeah, it, you will get those moments where sometimes I'm watching a comedy show and, you know, it's the same comics that I kind of have. And yeah, it's Mike in the stand the whole time, arms crossed, and they're killing. But it just, I mean, it can seem monotonous. And I know I'm going to get a lot of hate from this, but you know i mean I, I listen i there's a reason that i wanted to go to la and do shows out there uh, during the pandemic is because it's a brand new area um right. and you can and you know what's funny is like and you can probably see this as well you see if you see a new york comic in los angeles around february where it's better weather weather oh gosh their their face lights up they're just it's like they like like they're, they're playing the tonight show it doesn't matter <laughs> if it's like some bar you know, and hours. that's the
1: thing. It's the glitzy, glitzy bullshit in L.A. Here's what I always tell people, the difference between L.A., because there's a difference between the audience, in my opinion, as well. Sure. Absolutely. Here's what I tell people. I said, when you go to New York, the audience wants to see funny. When you go to L.A., the audience wants to see famous.
0: Sure,
2: 100%. We yeah. just talked. Greg, Greg, did we not just talk about this yesterday at the bar?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we talk about it all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. see famous people they want to see famous people it was you know perfect example i've done shows where the famous guy did whatever and i did really well and people came up to me and went oh my god you were our favorite one but we got to go get a picture with this guy you know what i mean
2: right. yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 or 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 the or the pretty you know it's it's the the, the Instagram moments is what people are looking for. I mean, no matter where they go. I mean, we did a show in LA a few weeks ago. And I mean, the audience that came to this one show, I mean, John, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, it was pound for pound. I mean, the audience, some of the best looking people I've seen in one place at one time.
2: There was so much cocaine in one place. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I was like, this is insane.
1: Oh, yeah. are- and some of the people, it's just like, like, Whoa, it's it was it's obvious a- that they
0: were there because it was a, a you know, it was, like, it was a stacked lineup and they just wanted to seemingly be there for this, you know, this stacked lineup and take their Instagram photos because they didn't seem like they were there to laugh. If, <laughs> they
2: if there- you look at top it- pictures from that day, and this is, this is, this is, uh, I think, I think Jason, you might agree with this. If you look at top pictures from that day, because I was going through my phone uh, at the end of the night and I was looking at that location because we were down at the camptown in wilshire top photos were from our show, but it was only about the sunset and the uh, the foreground that was like blurry was the comedian. Like, it was like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you got Greg Fitzsimmons, but you yeah. got- the sunset? Yeah, I know that show.
1: <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's what, that's what it's about. It's it's all about, it, it really is. It's like, you gotta, in LA, they, and they get dressed up, and they're they're just, in New York, especially in a, in a in the winter. It's not about what you're fucking wearing, because all you're trying to do is stay, First of all, you're covered in snow and ice and black ice and mud, and it's not it's not pretty. Yeah, so, and film, I'm, I'm having a miserable time. I want to go into this comedy club and have a blast, and it isn't about me. It's about what I'm watching on stage, and it's better fucking funny. That's the fi- the vibe I get from New York. This better be funny, right?
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just I just braved, you know, 10 inches of snow, three homeless people, right. you know, and I could be on my couch right now, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna, this better be worth my $20 and a two-drink minimum.
1: Yeah, and man, I have grown to love doing stand-up in New York. I missed it so much during this pandemic. It was, I am literally was out there at least once or twice a year doing stand-up.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely is two totally different vibes. Like, yeah. you, you know, people, it it's kind of cool to see cause I'm, I was lucky to spend a lot of time in California pre pandemic and you know, I would go to as many shows as I can and it's just such a different, different vibe, you know, between this, the shows in LA and the shows in New York and you know, it is all of those things together. I
1: felt bad because in LA during the pandemic we could do outdoor shows year round. <laughs> yeah. That, that shit cuts off on the East coast. You can't yeah. do anything outside. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: um, yeah. I mean, do do uh, do the shows still go around um, like October, November, December, January in LA? Like, there, are there still lots of outdoor shows?
1: There's a lot of alternative rooms. There's a lot of and, and a lot of people when they say alt, they're talking about a style of comedy. That's not what I mean. I mean alternative to the comedy club.
0: Right. You know I
1: mean, and there's a lot. There was and there was some very popular ones. There was, was one. That, I don't know if you remember the Parlor. Right. Yeah. Parlor
2: Good uh, heroin was one of my favorites out there.
1: Oh, underground. Yes, there's another one that you just, is it the Blind Barber? Yeah, the Blind Barber. Yeah, well, it was
2: at the Blind Barber, wasn't it? Or maybe I'm thinking of a
1: New York uh, show. show. There's this place called the Blind Barber. It's amazing. And you really, literally go into this little barber shop, And it's just, that's all it is. It's a barber yeah. shop, maybe four chairs. And then in the back of the room, there's this door that opens up into this amazing venue. Yes. It's like a speakeasy. Right. Yeah. Love that room. Uh, I, I, I do like Supernova. It's getting a little Hollywood, but I do like it. Um, Are they going to go
0: inside when it gets when it gets when the winter turns?
1: I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, this is one of those shows that when I was literally like, yeah, when everything starts opening up, this show is going to still be a show because it yeah. was that fun and good. It was like how the parlor used to be. Right. You remember the parlor on Melrose? Jay Davis ran it.
0: I, it I don't, but I. I mean, so one, it, it,
1: one of these shows. It was at a sports bar, and it was one of these shows where like Chappelle would just drop in, right, and do a set. And it was always Chappelle, Rogan, I mean, but it was just a fun environment. And they came because it was one of those beautiful Hollywood crowds. I mean, it was celebrities in the audience, and you want to be seen by the celebrities, sure. and especially in L.A. People have that vibe. That celebrity sees me that can get me this and you know, it doesn't usually work out that way. But so, yeah, I mean, that's one of those shows of the Nova that maybe if they figure out like a a tent over the top or something that they got, I mean, the Houston brothers have a bunch of really cool properties. So who knows?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's I mean, it is, I hope, you know, we'll see what they, what they figure out for it. So let's talk about your podcast.
1: The Lion's Den. The Lion's Den with Brent Moore and Jason Collings. uh, It's, it's so much fun. We started it. Uh, you know what our anniversary is? J- January 6th, Insurrection Day.
2: <laughs> I knew I knew your face from somewhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the year before <laughs> that, on January 6th, we started. Like, So the Insurrection Day was our one-year anniversary of our podcast. We, we have been around that long, but we're doing okay. We got a YouTube channel, and you know, we're having a lot of fun. We started out with guests, and our first guest was Chris D'Elia. And that Episode um, immediately got a shit ton of views. Yeah. And you know, Chris Delia and Brent and I, the three of us, we started stand up together. It was just kind of the three of us running around and new bar shows together. And we're still pretty close friends to this day. And it was uh, let's just use Chris's fame. (laughs) 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 This damn thing off. And um, Do
2: you want to reuse it right now, guys? I I will have no problem.
1: I honestly would have no problem. I don't have any network to answer to. I don't got nobody to answer to. There you go. For he, you boys. I
2: like that. I like and that. His,
1: and his, you know, his podcast is back and it's on top again. The guys yeah. the guy's making millions of dollars again. He told me the other day, he's like, dude, I'm more famous now than before I got canceled.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, It's true. It's like, you know, you just wait it out, you know, like everything, everything else it uh, the smoke clears, you know, and everything
1: got proven wrong, by the way. And here's how I know it was all bullshit, because when it all happened in the beginning, I was like, oh, wow, did he do this? Did this happen? And I'm like, this is one of my best friends. Do I not know this? Then guess what? My name popped up in the lawsuit and I know 100 percent that I didn't do shit. You know? So I'm like, oh, and that lawsuit, by the way, went away. And I asked Chris. I go, did it go away, or did your lawyers make it go away? He goes, it just went away. I didn't do shit. And so now he's back on his podcast. he's got a kid, He's getting married. He, you know, it it all worked out. That, I mean, it's it's so hard, dude. That's another thing. I don't know how it is in New York right now, but in LA, it's like it's like fashionable to be angry at all of us male comics. Oh, totally. Of course, course. it will always
2: be like that. I mean, the fun thing is people trying because. You know, people try to cancel everybody. I mean, we've had yeah. discussions about Seth Simon's and you know some of these uh, people that you know are the you know the cancel journalists. But it, it happens. But it's always going to be somebody's time, and you know, yeah. Hopefully, Saturday. it hopefully doesn't account to anything. Hopefully, it is just hearsay. And, you know,
1: it is. Just, just, and I know it, dude. First of all, I was. Here's how I know it's bullshit. I was named in the fucking lawsuit, and all of the things that apparently happened happened on the east coast leg of the tour that's the leg of the tour that i was not on that's
2: the
1: leg of the tour that i was not even there and and just yesterday by the way this is why people love their little fucking they need to be feel like they're part of something just yesterday some girl screenshotted the part of the lawsuit that that i was named in and put it on her instagram nobody paid attention to it and by the way i'm named for the silliest reason ever i'm no, i'm nowhere in this lawsuit and i'm no i'm not at all accused of anything but on one part of it it said defendant critalia asked jane doe if he would hang out with some of his friends those friends included and then the literally named jason Collins, brian cowan and mike Lenoci. and then i was never set, mentioned again basically they named people that were in a supposed photograph.
2: <laughs> That's
1: it. Oh, this girl yesterday posts that a screenshot of that said and says, oh, man, I can't tell you how abused I was when I dated a male comic. And I'm like, you're just trying to be a part of the movement. You yeah. know, it's, you it's, it's silly. So when is
0: Chris going to get back out on stage? Any, any, any ideas?
1: No, I'm thinking it's going to be soon though, because we've, we started hanging out. He started, he started hanging out at the factory a little bit. The factory is open arms right now. They're like, come back. Right. Comedy store, not so much. Comedy store is not so much welcoming him back with open arms, which is crazy because he kind of built that place. People like to give credit to Joe Rogan, but Chris was doing that shit way before Rogan showed up. But, um, I think it's going to happen pretty soon because he's already having a blast on his podcast. And it's very successful. I mean, he's now, he's selling merch like crazy again. It's, I'm happy for him. You know, yeah. he's got got a new baby boy who's beautiful and his fiance and he's he's he's, 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 he's working on himself. He's doing a, a lot of very intense therapy because he does admittedly have an addiction. He has a sex addiction. And right. he admits, I'll say it because Chris admits it. And he sure. released his video saying that and he's working on that. But, you know, we'll see what happens with, I know that he wants to get back out there. Uh, he would love to um, have a place to work it out because he has nothing. He doesn't doesn't have anything right now. He's just been doing his podcast and raising his kid.
0: Right. I mean, I you know, I obviously I follow him and it, it, the podcast. I mean, it's, he's so funny. Like he's so he's just naturally hysterically hysterical, and you know, the, the videos when he posts some stuff with his with his baby are, are just precious and so funny.
1: It's the best, dude. That yeah. Kid is, oh, that kid is such a happy little kid. <laughs> for me, for to me that. It, 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 that says a lot about Chris because he went through some pretty terrible shit and uh, it, he went through some really dark times. And the fact that that kid has no idea that any of that happened. Yeah. He just the good dad. Yep. A lot about the kind of person that Chris is.
0: Yeah. Life rips. Uh, yeah. I mean, his merch does tremendous. Like I, my, my friends do his, his merch store. Um, and it's just, it's crazy. Um, it's it's awesome. And good for him. Hopefully he gets it back out there soon because, you know, it would be it would be fun to see him back out on stage talking about whatever the fuck you wants to talk about.
1: Yep. You know. And he, I know he's going to talk about the kid and all that stuff. He's gonna He's got a lot to talk about.
0: Right. So besides besides the podcast and coming east, anything else happening soon?
1: I have my own YouTube channel, Mr. Jason Collings. People want to check that out. It's basically it's on YouTube. It's going to go into audio pretty soon, but it's called it's called Mr. Jason Collings on YouTube. It's a YouTube channel. I just talk to the camera and just BF for about a half an hour or so. And my brother helps me produce it. I have an identical twin brother. Beautiful guy, by the way. So good. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's producing my podcast. He does all the post-production and graphic work for the Lions Den pod as well. And uh, so, yeah, Lions Den podcast. Guys, check that out. We were, we're really looking to get some more subscriptions. We're, we're um, having a lot of fun. And if you're not seeing it, I've, you're missing out on a lot of fun. We just... It's a fun podcast we don't get dark we don't get political we just fuck around for an hour and it's so fun and we have a very you know loyal fan base that they're always sending us gifts and like i mean our our studio is just full of artwork and gifts and everything that we're getting sent i mean i i have a love of shoes i don't know if you can see these back here but i've had podcast listeners send me like really fucking nice jordans and nikes and like, wow I got these custom-made Jordans that I, this one of our listeners commissioned an artist in Japan to hand-paint a pair of Air Jordan 1s for me and th- sent it to us. It's wow.
0: So if uh, any of our listeners want to send me or John or or Jason okay. some Air Jordans, like, we'll we'll take them. I mean, I would like to take them first. Get size first. 11. But, you know, yeah, I'm a size 11 too. It's fine. We'll, we can trade them back and forth. A buddy of mine's kid just went to some something at USC last week where it was like a sneaker like class and I I don't know if Nike spawned, but they made custom Jordans. Like he sent me pictures of his custom Jordans that he made in this one week camp. I can't imagine what he paid to send this kid to the sneaker class.
1: Website does this thing. Nike does this thing called Nike's by you. Yeah. You go in there and you can design dude. And I don't know if you, you listen to my comedy where I talk about dad mad. Yeah. That whole dad mad thing. I got to show you these (laughs) yesterday. These just came yesterday, and I'm in, I'm in love, dude.
0: Look at this. You ready? Oh shit! That that's awesome.
1: Dad, mad on the back of my Air Force Ones. Are you gonna that's wear sick. like
0: where 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 are you gonna wear those? Like, is that a stage show shoe?
1: I wore them last night.
0: But like, what'd you do besides walk around the house in them?
1: No, I wore them at, at my show last night.
0: Oh, your show, right, right.
1: I show off, baby. <laughs> I flex.
0: <laughs> but you're not wearing those to the Dodger games. So like, you're that's not going out.
1: No outdoor <laughs> carnivals, none of that shit. As a, a thing for me, it's, it's like a lot, it's much deeper issues. I grew, I grew up very poor, you know, and watched a bunch of kids around me get the best shoes ever. And, my, you know, we had to run around and try to find outlet stores. And then when we found a good pair of shoes, we kept them forever. Yeah. And We polished them and painted them to make them look new again. So, like, I very was very envious of these kids that just would get these. Sh- so now I just, I that's one of my things. I just buy shoes.
0: Right. Well, now knowing you're an 11 and I'm an 11, next time I'm in LA, um, I'm coming by and I'm going to take some shoes. <laughs> just, just uh, so we usually wrap with um, this little bit we do. John, you you, you want to throw it out?
2: Yeah. All right. So, I mean, listen, we've been talking a lot of comedy, but the biggest question, though, is what was the best thing you've had to eat this week?
1: Best thing I've had to eat this week? Um, this week. Best thing I've had to eat this week? Shoot. Um,
0: could be last week. We we could extend it. by. St-
1: okay. So I'm not a big fast food guy, but I... Okay, so I was in uh, Arizona. I was just in Phoenix. I had this... You know how there's the Shake Shack? Sure they had a tikka shack which is indian food no and what? i'm like this is a fast food indian place and i love indian food so i went in there and i got some food from the tikka shack chicken tikka masala with the garlic naan it was pretty bomb wow. oh like drive through like dr- huh? drive through no it was just walk up counter and they bring uh, it to your table and stuff right they bring it to you. So it's not like number seven. Can you, pick? Yeah. <laughs> right. you order it at the counter, but then they bring it to you when it's ready. But it was, it, was, it wasn't bad. It was pretty good.
0: Uh, I love Indian food too. Like I'm a, i am I yeah, that would, that would definitely get me to pull over on the side of the road.
1: I have problems with so mac and cheese anywhere that's, that has a good mac and cheese. We talk about it on my podcast. We call them fatty habits, right? People send in their fatty habits and we talk about our fatty habits and man, Mac and cheese and peanut butter M and M's, baby. That's my fatty habits.
0: So, but what about if you put mac and cheese on something weird, like mac? Like you know, you go to one of these pizza places that puts anything on the fucking slice of pizza. Like, where where do you draw the line?
1: (sighs) This way, I would say I would love the mac and cheese pizza. Hold the pizza. absolutely
2: fair on that absolutely fair on that
0: so John I'm going to go second with the best thing I ate this week and it was last Mm -hmm. night at that place you you told me to go get that food for us those dumplings
2: dumplings such a good spot dumplings Vanessa dumplings I mean they've got like a bunch all over the city like I mean when you're in town then we got to take you to this place they got this nice spicy uh, cilantro scallions garlic it's Phenomenal! It's yeah. phenomenal, and then paired that with a nice beef noodle soup. I mean, it's just uh, it's it's unbelievably good. It's like one of those like for me, it's not even a comfort food thing for me. It's just like I, it just it just it sets well with you. Like it's it, you feel balanced. It was too like- it,
0: it was too hot for soup last night. It was like eighty nine degrees in the city and a hundred percent humidity. It wasn't the right soup mode for me, but those dumplings knocked it out of the park.
2: Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed
0: it. On my walk back from picking them up two blocks away, I ate a scallion pancake sandwich.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What the hell is a pancake sandwich?
0: You know, I didn't know what it was going to be either. No, a scallion pancake sandwich. You know, like the the Chinese food, like, scallion pancake.
1: Right.
0: Except it was... (laughs) I don't know if I even told you this, John, so don't get pissed at me. It was... um, vegetables and uh peking duck sandwich so basically vegetables and peking duck put into a scallion pancake flipped into a sandwich and i walked down the street
1: oh my god <laughs> it was really. so good i o- the only thing i don't mess with is i don't eat seafood i've oh, never wow. I don't know. really while i'll do sushi but like i'm not like a seafood let's go get lobster or whatever i've just never been into it all
0: right well next time we're in la which hopefully is soon we'll we'll take you down to um the smokehouse in burbank and we'll have some steak sandwiches go let's do it yeah um all right man um thank you very much for your
1: time absolutely this is fun i can't wait to see you guys in person we'll get it get over there is it good
2: we'll We'll definitely we'll hang or we'll we'll, uh grab some drinking drinks yeah we'll go off
1: do I even need to pack a jacket or, or what?
2: Yeah. no, uh, no, 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 no okay. absolutely not. No. Just something just light. Just of me, somebody just forwarded me your uh uh the, the Gotham email blast that has you guys on it. By the way, so oh great, yeah. So people are like, no, yeah. we're cruising down. Well, anyway, dude, thanks so much for having us, uh, let, let us uh, uh, interview, and uh, yeah, we're I'm super stoked to show you some cool food places and have you up on our stage in San. Great, can't wait,
1: buddy.
0: Yeah, dude. Awesome. See you in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. All right, man. Have a good one. All right. Take it easy. Thanks.